Hello and welcome to the Get Spanish Football News Show. My name is Tommy Hay and I'm joined here in Madrid by the editor of GSFN, Kieran Quayle. Now, we've had a cracking weekend of La Liga football ahead of the international break. Real Sociedad are top uh, after they made it five wins on the bounce. Uh, with a 2-0 win over a depleted Granada side. Barcelona beat Real Betis 5-2 to end a round of four games without a win. But I think the shock of the weekend was undoubtedly at the Mestalla, where Valencia ran out 4-1 winners against Real Madrid. What on earth happened here, Kieran? Yeah, I didn't really expect that, to be honest, Tommy. I don't think anybody expected Valencia to win the game, never mind a, a 4-1 win. Um, especially with Benzema putting Madrid... Won it up with a screamer, uh, very well taken goals from the edge of the box, kind of got Madrid going and Valencia obviously like a depleted team and have lost lots of players, they lost Contogbia just last week to Atletico Madrid, um, I, didn't, I didn't fancy them to get back into the game but in fairness to them it didn't take them too long, uh, just seven minutes and they had a, they had a penalty and Musa, Yunus Musa, who's He's been called up to the American team uh, to play on international duty. So he he actually scored the goal from from the penalty that came back off um, Courtois, mm. and then he was he was basically they, they stopped and they looked at it because he was encroaching. So they took the penalty again, and Solar scored that penalty again. Mm. Courtois is a massive keeper. He looks he looks like huge. Two meters or something. Yeah. yeah, he looks huge in in goal when when someone's taking a penalty. But Solar stepped up and scored and I was looking at it like okay one all this would be a great result for Valencia Madrid are obviously gonna gonna keep pushing here and I tweeted on on the account just said like Carlos Soler is becoming a leader for Valencia he's just 23 but with all the departures at the club it's time for him to step up mm. this was at one all but nobody saw a hat trick of penalties coming. That's an unbelievable shout as well. Yeah, because he's the he's only the third player in La Liga history to score three from the spot. Yeah. So he, he's done that. Obviously, such a young age as well. And you mentioned the the amount of departures and stuff that, uh, that they've suffered in the last wee while. It's almost like the world's against them, and mm. the they've managed to pull that out. That which was just it was a great game to watch, but just surreal. I think is the word. Surreal, yeah. Like because at halftime Valencia were winning two one, but they only had one shot on target. Mm. So it was a crazy first half. Like that ran on goal, put them put yeah. them ahead um, on the forty fifth minute, and then they were two one up. But then like they they came they came straight back out after half time, and Kang and Lee he hit the post, great effort from the edge of the box, and Courtois got a got a touch, and pushed it onto the post. So they kept going for it, um, then Soler stepped up again, scored again. Like you have to you have to put these penalties away, mm. and he was putting every one of them away, low and hard. Courtois is that big that he just couldn't get down to them. The speed he was getting on them, yeah, um, he he wasn't getting near them. And then on the sixty third minute, he scored a hat trick of penalties. It was just incredible. Made it four one with still a half an hour to go. And then um, our favorite account on Twitter, Mister Chip, <laughs> with all his stats, he he put out a a mad one. He said in ninety one years of La Liga football, only three players have scored a hat trick of penalties in the same game, and that was Di Stefano. Peternak and Carlos Soler so yeah three penalties uh, a night that he'll never forget a night that Valencia will never forget either mm. um, like just a huge win even if it was a normal night without penalties it's a huge win against Real Madrid that, that's it I feel, that, um, I feel like we're not talking enough about Valencia though because I, I've watched a few sort of 
videos summarising what, what went on and they're all talking about how shocking Madrid were and how terrible Madrid were and nobody's mm-hmm. talking about how good Valencia are and it's this season of all seasons they should be we should be praising them a lot because it's they're, yeah. they're, they're seriously up against it and you know Madrid are no pushovers they're, but they, they do seem to be a bit un, unpredictable I have to say Madrid yeah they're just it's like from one week to another you just don't really know what's happening and I think if there's going to be an Achilles heel to this team, it's it's the defense. You know, it's Ramos has been playing well, but the you've got people in there out of position. Vasquez is, is playing in there. I'm surprised he didn't make a mistake before this game. Yeah. Um. You know, giving away the penalty. Marcelo is coming under a lot of criticism as well, and Varane he hasn't looked himself since the since going back to the Man City game. Man City, yeah. So it's uh, it's not looking good defensively uh, for them. I think it's hard to give credit to Valencia. Just because of what everything like is happening there at the club mm. at the moment, like there, it's it's the off the field issues that everybody's talking about. Mm. Everybody's focused on, um, the lack of ownership and lack of transfers. Javi Gracia is up against it. Uh, they're sitting in ninth. So if they finish ninth, that would be a miracle yeah. because they haven't replaced any of those signings. So I think there's there's so much happening off the field, and um, with all those issues with Anil Merti, the president, kind of lying to Gracia since he came in, saying, "Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get you some signings," but that didn't happen. So for Gracia to be able to to get these results is really impressive. He still has a couple of experienced players there, like Gaia was he was brilliant on the night. He was linked to the move to Barcelona, um, earlier on, but like he's. He he gives a bit of hope to Valencia. He's he's experienced. He's been at the club for a few years and Spanish international. Yeah, so, so like they, they have him, they have Soler, they have Maxi Gomez. I think they have enough to stay up. Mm. But I think like top ten for Valencia would be a great a great season. But I mean, last year that would have been a failure. And yeah. The year before it would have been a failure. But because of everything that's happening, um, you know, you've just got to accept that they're they're looking to stay up. Like yeah. that's her objective this year and if Gracia can keep his job I think he will I think he will keep them up but we just don't know what's going to happen because they've been fire managers they've been falling out with managers but yeah back to Madrid like that was their third defeat in 22 days mm. they lost to Cadiz they lost to Shakhtar Donetsk and then Valencia so every time Marcelo starts his kind of questions are raised yeah. and, and people are fearing the worst he just doesn't look the same as he, as he once was obviously mm. he's getting older Zidane really likes him because he's part of that kind of old guard that won Champions well, League and won the league. So it's just Mendy. He knows Mendy's his best left back, but is it a case of I need to rotate these players because we're 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 competing on on every front? I need to rotate them. I need to keep them happy, so I can't leave Marcelo out every week. Yeah, and we're going to a Valencia team that's quite weakened, so I think I need to play Marcelo. Yeah, he played Isco as well. So yeah, hasn't had any form. Isco was kind of defensive mid in that game. It was like a kind of pivote, is what you would say. Like the it was it was, um, it was kind of ahead of Modric. Yeah. Um, but didn't didn't track back or anything. Yeah. Like he wasn't. Really, he definitely wasn't getting stuck in. Yeah. Because that's not his role, is it? Like no. he needs he needs a free role. Um, Cruz didn't play. And when Cruz doesn't play, they're not the same either. No. Um, Casemiro was out with coronavirus. Hazard was out through coronavirus. So they had excuses, but as usual, Zidane said it's my fault. Yeah, that's um, it. And I think a lot of it is he needs to rotate, and and the players that he have he has to come in, just aren't aren't good enough. The players like him for that though. They they like him. They like the fact that he does rotate them, and it's like he's. I think his man management Zidane is is great, and it's one of the advantages of of having a player who who was at that level, who played for the club, who understands what the club is about. He knows how to direct a training session. He knows how to direct a press conference. He knows how to. 
Mm. I think he knows how to keep people happy. Um, but yeah, it's it's uh, Marcelo's really getting a lot of stick in the in the media. It, he, yeah. he does have an act. <laughs> you mentioned when he starts a game, it's not um, it's not good. Yeah, he, he started in uh, in uh, all nine of Real Madrid's league defeats since he then came back mm. uh, uh, since, since in March twenty ten. So it's like it's a pretty bad omen of, of Marcelo starting a match. He's been a brilliant player, but like he definitely knows himself. It's kind of like when Gary Neville knew that his career was over and he had an absolute West nightmare Brom at West Brom, and yeah. he just said, "Okay, that's it. I need to call it." Yeah, <laughs> I don't think Marcelo's at that stage yet, but no. you know what happens here in Madrid? Like, yeah, when you when you have a couple of poor performances, they're gonna jump on you. Yeah, and you're a scapegoat then. Now. That's it. If you're slightly off the pace, yeah. Um, it makes you question why Regulon was a Regulon was was allowed to go because yeah. he's a young guy. He's He's flying at the moment at Spurs. He's doing really, really well there. Obviously, yeah. Europa League winner and stuff. I mean, you don't know the background of the deal, whether it was decided beforehand that he was going to go off to Spurs, but it seems like they've, they've really let away a, uh, let a, a talented player go away there. And what they have when Mendy isn't fit is a, it's a problem, a left-back. No, it's a, good, it's a good point. And same with Hakimi. Mm. On the right side, because mm-hmm. they're playing Lucas Basquez. Yeah, who, he's do, he's doing really well. He's probably having was, his best run of form in a couple of years. That was, just, that was his first mistake the other day. Yeah, he hasn't really put the foot wrong. No, but. he's been really good. He gives he gives them an attacking outlet, mm. starting the right back. You know, he's like he's like a, a modern day fullback getting forward because he was obviously previously a winger, mm. um, and he's always been a good squad player. And again, Zidane likes these players that have been around for years. But there's no doubt that it's an aging squad. Yeah, you've obviously got youngsters there like Vinicius and Rodrigo, but there are players in their thirties that just aren't what the what the ones were, and Madrid haven't had the money to replace them. But yeah, you could definitely question some of the departures, like Reguilón, who's tearing it up for Spurs in the Premier League, mm-hmm. and it's definitely a better left back than Marcelo. Yeah, it's, it's currently just, it's just a fact. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Okay, well, in keeping with this up and down uh, wishy washy start we've had from the big two, Barcelona had a had a really good result the other day. It was a little bit. Half time, one one against uh, Betis. You were just you weren't really sure what way the game was going to go, but it ended up being quite a comfortable win for them, and largely thanks to Messi. Yeah, yeah, because we saw before the game that he wasn't starting, and there was kind of questions over that, like what's happening? Is there has there been a row? Is he mm. injured? Um, didn't really know, but then he came on and totally changed the game. Scored four goals in the second half mm. after he made an appearance. Um, just after half time, so. I think good result it's a, probably a statement win as well scoring five because Betis aren't a bad team under under Pellegrini um, that dummy for Griezmann's goal was so good that was incredible Messi's dummy like he just Bartra was gone to the shops wasn't he like yeah. he just he, barred, he took Bartra out of the game and Griezmann was left to tap it in and it's nice to see them linking because you want to see you want to see the best players combining and actually that's the football you want to watch. Yeah, especially watch good football. Yeah, you don't want to see players like that wasted, which is no. the you you some you sometimes get that feeling with with Griezmann that you we're just not seeing any, anywhere near where, where he could be, and it, and it's pretty much preventable things him just being played out of position and stuff like that. So it's good to see them combining well and him looking a bit more comfortable. Griezmann in the first half, though, we were watching it together and we were feeling sorry for him because he's he shaved the post twice, hit the post once. Yeah. And he missed a penalty in the first half as well, so you were thinking, "Oh my god!" You know, and then credit to Kuman for not overreacting and hauling him off or anything yeah. at halftime because he was playing well. Yeah. He just 
couldn't buy himself a goal but he's a yeah. grafter like he'll keep he'll keep trying and he'll create his own chances and it hasn't been going in for him so it's good that he's gotten the score sheet and hopefully he'll get he'll get a few more like he'll pick up some form mm. and get a few more going forward because you'd like to see them combine um, and he was just a joy to watch at Atletico and he hasn't done anything really since joining Barca after a massive money move like he was arguably in the top five players of the world mm. at that stage after the World Mo- Cup moving to, moving to Barcelona like yeah. yeah World Cup champion could do everything and so like to see someone like that you know uh, it's, a, it's a shame the fact that we've been losing players in Spain to the Premier League and mm. elsewhere like you want your best players to perform and like La Liga's kind of crying out for a superstar he could be at Atletico Madrid and we'll talk about him in a while Yeah, but uh, you, need, you need Griezmann to be doing that that's week it. in week out yeah yeah definitely you touched on this earlier the, the, the media were trying to, they were setting everything up for a bad Barcelona result and a, a crisis between Messi and, and the management without any real evidence you know, but the I was listening to the radio before the game, and they were saying Messi has been dropped from the team, uh, and the uh, Kumin and his uh, his assistant have come out and said different things about why he's been dropped. His assistant came out and said that he wasn't fresh enough. Kumin said that he was injured, um, and they they were trying to make something out of that. And you you get the feeling if the if a uh, Barca had lost or got a draw, and uh, b if if Messi hadn't played. That would have been a, a serious uh, media storm. Yeah. Uh, you know what's going on at Barca, crisis at Barca. In the end, Barca won, and Messi did play, and he was so fundamental. Yeah. Um, but it's just they're they're. <laughs> I feel like certain elements of the Spanish press are really setting things up for. They they really want there to be a crisis there. And with Fadi out now, yeah, Griezmann's form is going to be crucial, huge. Yeah. yeah. So he's at Fadi's going to be out for they're saying four months. Mm-hmm. Um. After after undergoing surgery on a tear to his meniscus in his left knee, so pretty pretty serious injury for an eighteen year old who has the world at his feet has been crucial to Barca, um, in their start of the season. You know, like just starting every week and like one of their main players in the Spanish team as well mm. scored in his full debut for Spain. So it's kind of a pity that this has happened to him, um, but it's part of football isn't it like these injuries yeah. so hopefully he can get back to to where where he left off really because yeah. he's, a, he's a class player and we love we love watching him as well um, just very exciting and like sometimes it can happen a, players, a player gets a, a big injury and, mm. and they just never return yeah. to that form that they once had but the fact that he's so young yeah. and he has so much potential you'd, you'd like to see or you'd think that he will come back to the yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, it's, it sounds painful and stuff. And again, I'm, I'm not a doctor, but I don't think it's it's not like a, you think like Eduardo at, um, at Arsenal. Remember how good he was, the mm. Croatian Eduardo. Yeah. Uh, and then breaks his leg at Birmingham and that was him done. He was just not the same after that, you know. So I don't think it's anything like this, but f- four months is the, the predicted amount of time he's out. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a fair, fair whack. Right in the, the middle of the season as well. That's it. And he's, and he's missing out on international experience as well. Yeah. Like if he's not back until March, I mean, could be a good time for him to come back if Barca are competing. Mm. You know, maybe not in the, in the Champions League, but definitely on the domestic front. So he's not missing the latter stages, but he's missing... Uh, uh, half the season almost yeah yeah. so a bit of a blow for them and anyway it doesn't really matter because the champions this year are definitely going to be Real Sociedad five, five wins on the bounce <laughs> well you yeah. keep saying this 
Well, the, the, tell us why. why. Why do you think this? I can't remember the last time another team like you probably say Atletico in uh, the partido or partido the game by game. Twenty fourteen. Yeah. yeah, but I mean the last time, certainly the last time I saw that team was as exciting. They really should have won the league. O two, o three. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the guy that had a big part in putting this team together, Roberto Olave, he he's he's back at the club. He was away for a we were working in Asia, uh, and a few other places. And he um he's back at the club, and he's they've got a good manager in there, investing in in the youth. Um, twelve of the sixteen players who featured in the the one over Celta, uh, a couple of weeks ago, they played for the Sociedad B team, so they're mm-hmm. they're all coming through the the squad. They're really good football players as well. It sounds kind of basic to say that, but yeah. you know they play really nice stuff. Yeah. And uh, I think they've got a bit of added experience as well, despite the fact that they're young. The season that they had last season, the way they kind of fell apart towards the end, that I would, I should think that that would give them kind of um, a hunger to 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 not do that again and to 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 get themselves over the line again. And even then, it wasn't a disaster of a season by any means, but. I think they would have come away from that and thought we should have got Champions League this year, you know. So that's that's the target, and they're playing some brilliant stuff. They really yeah. are playing some brilliant stuff, and um, it's an attacking brand of football, so it's yeah. hard to not like it. Yeah. And so many left-footed attacking players, yeah, like Thabel, David Silva, Yanazai. Uh, it's just it's just a lovely style of football that they have under yeah. Imanol and like very modern, you know, with your your focal point and then like three players in behind. Mm. Um, and then your two kind of deeper line midfielders Mikel Marino's in there as well who's a very good player has played for Spain used to play for Newcastle as well um, yeah. didn't really do it in England but he's he's great in Spain great in La Liga uh, drawn 20 points after 9 games scored 20 only conceded 4 mm. so they've definitely got their like they're as good as they are going forward they've definitely got their defence sorted as well yeah. So I think if they can keep everybody fit, it's very, very early days, but why shouldn't they? Why shouldn't they be competing? Yeah. Um when you look at Barcelona in eighth, Real Madrid in fourth, we're twenty five percent through the season only, but yeah. If they can keep players fit, if David Silva can keep churning out these performances and stay fit as well. Motivate yeah. everybody. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He he's not he's not uh, a spring chicken either, like so <laughs> if he can stay fit, obviously yeah. he'll be instrumental to it as well. Yeah. Um, but they, they keep winning and beat Granada albeit a Granada team with half their team missing out through coronavirus yeah um, it was only 2-0 we expected it to be a lot more because Granada didn't even want to play the game yeah um, according to the protocol signed by every La Liga club in September in the event of coronavirus happening and like cases at clubs um, a game will still go ahead if you can name a 13-man squad. Mm. So Granada had to go and call up your team players and I think eight players made their debuts yeah. against Sociedad. So I thought when I, when I saw the teams, okay, this is a Sociedad team banging form. Mm. Granada have had a great start to the season but they're missing lots of key players. Yeah. So I thought it was going to be a, maybe a 5-0 or a 6-0 but I think Granada started taking players off and they didn't, they didn't even want to play the game their coach Diego Martinez wasn't even there because yeah. he's coronavirus as well so I think it might have been like it felt like a friendly but it might have been like a nice rest I know we've got an international break but yeah. it might have been like a nice rest we get the two goals yeah. we'll sub some players and then we'll rest we'll sit top of the table and you know just take our time here and, and Granada probably accepted their fate before the game even started yeah I think that that's it as well another thing you've got to think of is the amount of tactical analysis that probably went into these games beforehand and then you're basically playing a different team yeah. 
so you don't really know what you're going up against so you can't really apply a lot of the the logic that you would have had before and even the manager mm. you know it'd be difficult to say okay they're going to have this style they yeah. might not if it's a new team so just a kind of weird game in general but very very bizarre I've never seen anything like that before yeah like so many players coming in um, obviously the coronavirus is a new thing that everybody's dealing with but yeah. in this case like your manager's not there half your first team isn't there you've got all these new youth players that yeah. some of them haven't even trained with the first team yeah so it's just like it's it's even it's even kind of a bigger change than you'd see in a in a cup match yeah. away to like a Segunda Bay team exactly. you know what I mean you yeah. might have seven or eight changes but this was just a total shift yeah. in, the, in the team's approach because they, they had no other no other way around it they asked La Liga La Liga said no you just have to play and you can see this happening to more teams so I understand La Liga's stance because this this happened back in September this is the, the protocol this is what we're doing because if we don't have this in place we're going to be calling off games yeah week after week right through the winter and there's going to be no league I think and the league's going to be the league's going to be postponed yeah we, we were we were talking about before it's like somebody's got to be the bad guy mm. Uh, would it the thing is would it happen with a classical game you suspect not you suspect the classical yeah. would put off but that's just where uh, that's what I think would happen anyway yeah. too, just too much of an audience around El Clasico there's yeah. just too much involved um, the money that it makes but this um, is the kind of game they can get away with like, exactly, kind exactly. Of thing. They'll, be, they'll be crossing their fingers that like uh, it doesn't happen for a classical but I think for no disrespect to Sociedad Granada it was the game that we we're recommending people to watch yeah um, no disrespect to those clubs but it is kind of like it's a nice kind of way for La Liga to say this is how we're going to approach this from now on mm. bring your youth players through bring your bring them in even not through you're bringing yeah. them through anyway bring them in for your matchday squad yeah that's it well yeah and ge- generally speaking you should always watch stuff like that because they're just it's, they're, mm. every single game they'll at least offer, offer something they'll at least offer some nice football and I just think why not this year it, 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 it's just such a weird season yeah. yeah might as well have something like this happening you know so um, we'll see what happens we're we're quarter of the way through we'll see what it's like into the new year they're but, the most consistent so far and they're probably the best to watch as well yeah and they've, they've also you they, they, they drew against Madrid in the opening day as well and they could well have beat them and it's just it's, they're just so so exciting you just hope they don't get last season we were worried about uh, you know, at the end of the season, their their players getting plucked away, but because nobody's really doing si- making signings mm-hmm. at the moment, it's they've actually managed to hang on to pretty much everybody except uh, Odegaard. Yeah, Rente, yeah, and, o- and Odegaard. Yeah, but they're, they're defensively, you see, they, they look pretty good as well. So, mm-hmm. um, uh, no, uh, Atletico uh, as well. We need to talk about them because they look like they're really hitting the stride. Uh, finally um, what do you put that down to you mentioned you mentioned previously the formation's changed a little bit yeah they've, they have changed um, their formation well they won 4-0 at the weekend first and foremost to be Caddy's 4-0 which was a very good result because Caddy's have started really well since getting promoted from Segunda um, so this definitely wasn't an easy one and we're not used to seeing Atletico win by more than one or two goals so anytime they score more than three you're thinking, okay, this is a new team, a new yeah. approach. Um, the main difference seems to be from last season. Um, so for 2019-2020, they were normally playing with um, a 2-1-5-2 when they were attacking, right? So they had two defenders. Their one in front was Thomas Partey. Yeah. Then they had five, including the wing backs, which were Trippier and Lodi. 
and then their two strikers were normally Costa and Morata. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they would have been quite exposed in behind. So now what you're seeing is more of a 3-1-5-1. So the three at the weekend was Savage, Jimenez and Hermoso. So Hermoso comes in, he gives a little bit more stability. In, in front of those three, you have Hector Herrera. And then in the five, you've still got Trippier, but you've got Saul mm-hmm. on the left. So Saul's quite good defensively as well. So he's going to offer you that cover. Um, and then Hermoso can push out to like a left back position yeah. when they go back into a four when they're defending from a, a defensive perspective. But the one striker now is Suarez instead of the two. But in behind, you've got Coke, Marcus Llorente, and Joao Felix. So you've got Llorente and Felix who are very, very attacking minded. Mm. They scored the goals at the weekend. So it's just a, it's, it's, it's a shift. It's still very attacking. But it just looks more solid at the back. Yeah. Um, and Simeone has always built from the back. Like since he took over in 2011, that's always been, that's just his style. Let's, let's build from the back. It was always strong with Godin, Miranda. Mm. He always had big defenders. Um, and he's going to continue to do that. But now it's just a different style. Um, he's still got the protection of the back forward, Hector Herrera. And versatile players like Sao who can drop exactly. back and do other jobs. He can drop back in. Armoso is going to a left to a left back position then as well. Trippier offers a lot on the right side, so he can do a lot defensively and, and going up and down. With Luis Suarez, you've got goals, and Jao Felix just looks like a new player. Mm-hmm. Um, another brace at the weekend, so he's he's really flying now, and he looks like the new the new boy in town, doesn't he? Because last yeah. season he only scored six goals. He's already got five. Yeah. So he's all, it's only November and he's already um, almost scored the same amount as he did in the, in the, in the whole of last year. So he just looks more mature, um, more focal, like the, the team's playing around him. Yeah. He, he's getting on the ball, he's got more touches. Uh, if you look at his stats, he's got more time on the ball. Um, and he's, he's a class player. So it's, it's a bit like Griezmann, you were just waiting for him to kind of find his feet. Yeah. At Atletico, 127 million price tag. That was always a huge factor, but like he, he really looks like he's he's gotten over that now. Um, finally for Atletico fans, but it, it looks like the kind of the kind of player now that Atletico kids fans of the club will be getting under 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 yeah. under jersey because Griezmann left and there was a void there to be filled. Nobody was going to be getting Diego Costa jerseys, not as many yeah. as 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 once did. Um, so like yeah, he's he's kind of the new. New face, the, the, new, the, the new face of the yeah. club, yeah, and he's still really, really, really young. Yeah, um, he does look like a new player, though. I've heard yeah. a lot of people saying that it's, it's almost like a new signing, and yeah. uh, it's just such a. It's so good to see it because we were, we were almost having to justify ourselves last year, you know, giving him time, weren't we? Yeah, we were always having to say, "Oh, he's nineteen. No, he's he's a. It's a season of transition. It's the price for his, tag, like, yeah. price tag, difficult for him to come in at, at this time. Blah blah blah." And he, he looks he looks really determined as well. He scores goals and he looks <laughs> sounds clinical, doesn't he? Yeah. He looks angry when he scores goals, but in a good way, yeah. you know, in a kinda But that anger kinda shows confidence. Yeah. You know what I mean? He he's he knows he, he needs to step up. And mm. um, he's had his bed and in phase. And Luis Suarez is gonna bring the best out of him as well. Yeah. Suarez was bringing the best out of Messi for yeah. years. He knows how to bring the best out of players. Um Suarez is able to drag defenders into positions that they don't want to go to, yeah. which will free up space for Jao Felix. And Marcus Llorente is like a new player as well. Yeah. He's been called into the Spanish team. He's playing as like a second striker with Felix. So they have they have the the luxury now of being able to play one striker, mm. where Simeone always played two. Yeah. But he hasn't had any joy with the strikers that he's had in the last couple of years. So he's like, right, well, instead of just having two strikers, I'm going to 
have more midfielders who are more creative. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's that's what's happening. Koke is playing really, really good as well. Koke normally gets a lot of criticism because he mightn't get the stats or the numbers that he's expected to get like in terms of goals and assists, but he's looking really, really good. We really um, missed him last season too. Yeah, and Koke, you can see why he's captain. Like Luis Enrique was talking in his Spain press conference um, before their game against the Netherlands. And he was saying that Koke is, as a person, he's a 10 out of 10. Yeah. <laughs> so he's that type of guy that yeah. you just want in your dressing room. Like, yeah. just really positive, really optimistic, always buzzing. He's a proper leader. Yeah. And he's played over 400 times for Atletico. Yeah. So, like, he's Mr. Consistency as well. Yeah. He's never going to be dropped, you know, because his work rate is just phenomenal. Like, we've both been to see them live yeah. plenty of times. And it's just the one thing that I noticed from Koke, he mightn't be on the ball like Joe Felix but he's constantly tracking back Yeah, he's constantly tackling he's everywhere he needs to be yeah, every blade of grass and again if we're looking for Paolo's 2014 team not not the same exact type of player but the same influences perhaps maybe Gabby would have had yeah. in that team exactly. just kind of missed Atletico in that team and, yeah 100% uh, yeah so again why why not this year we were talking about them a bit last year it didn't really happen they, had, they did have a lot of injuries last season as well which is I think a, a big difference as well mm. uh, this year they're not plagued with injuries and, and things like that so yeah you it's, you it's never know looking good it's for them it's a long season but again with Real Sociedad you don't know they they could challenge yeah well let's shoot right to the other end of the table uh, Celta Vigo have sacked uh, Garcia, he he lasted a bit longer than the job than other than previous managers of of late uh, by a yeah. couple of days. It was a uh, one year and five days after he got the job, took over from Franny Escriba, um, and and they've got rid of him basically. What do you what did you make of this? Is it was it a surprise particularly? Not at all, really. He never he never <laughs> got going. Um, yeah, Salta just haven't got going over the last few seasons. Yeah, they're it's, they're really frustrating. I like I can't imagine the pain their fans are going through up there mm. because what would you say they're probably a mid-table club they are but they're, they're also a club that's been in a European final in the last you know mm. last, last decade they're, I think they're they've got certain expectations they're, they're, they're not going to be say for example where Valencia fans are mentally yeah, or Sevilla fans yeah but they expect a couple of good uh, you know, the, cup run yeah they, want, yeah they want to be challenging for Europe and things like that yeah. and we I think going back to the beginning of last season we a lot of people added at least just look at the, the squad they've got player for player they, they should have been challenging for Europe and they yeah. just stayed up the last day yeah. and they, they could have easily lost So, but there's been a mess at the back recently like you, yeah. you watched them against Real Sociedad like the 4-1 mm. they were just all over the shop and yeah. um, I think when you're down the bottom that's we've been talking about Diego Simeone mm. building from the back you want to build from the back the more clean sheets you can keep and then maybe nick a goal because normally the, the clubs are struggling at the bottom because they don't score goals mm. so if you can keep it tight and nick a goal yeah. there you go that's that's maybe your way forward it's probably too simple yeah. More it's a bit more complicated than that um, but Garcia just couldn't he couldn't get it right and it's been like that for, for the last few years as, as I said like just every year they're finishing just above the relegation zone Um and it seems like the only player that's actually playing for them is, yeah. is Iago Aspas because he's the one coming up with the goals in the latter stages of each season to, yeah. keep, to keep them in the keep them in Primera yeah. so um, they're, they're looking at Eduardo Cudet who's a, he's actually a former Celta player mm. only played nine times no for the games, club yeah. in 2002 but he's, a, he's got a pretty good CV 
he won the Argentine League with Racing mm. in 2019. I was actually at the stadium um, for one of the games before they won the league, and he was in charge, so he's quite an impressive. Is that where you got that top that you're wearing? Yeah. Did you buy it at the stadium? Yeah, Kieran, uh, Kieran is wearing his wrestling top just now, obviously. Is a... Yeah, no, I got, I, got it, I got it in a sports shop in, in Buenos Aires. Class. Um, it's, a, it's a 2015 edition, so it's slightly, slightly older, but I, lo- I like the older jerseys. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he's, he's 46. He was managing Brazilian side Internacional until Monday, mm. and he left because it looks like everything has been agreed. Um, Copa here in Spain are saying that it's done. But it just hasn't been announced by the club yet. But his Wikipedia page has is saying that he's a Celta Vigo manager. I saw that last night. I was just, yeah, I was, uh, yeah. I was looking him up. He said currently the manager of Celta Vigo. So obviously Wikipedia knows something that that a lot of other people have yet to confirm. Yeah, but uh, Celta like they like Argentinians. They mm. they've had Barizzo in the past. Antonio Mohamed was there for a few months in twenty eighteen. Mm. Uh, Carlos Aymar managed the club in the nineties, and then they've also had Argentine players like Gustavo Lopez, who's club legend like played over 200 games there um, really tricky left winger mm. um, but do you know who their first ever coach was back in 1923 when the club was founded go for it Francis Coggy, <laughs> uh, British a British man um, from Northumberland Northumberland yeah. yeah and he spent two years with Wallsend before being offered a five year contract five years by Celta Vigo 1923 you'd be lucky to get five months these days that is a gamble what I was going to say so uh, he is going to be the the 16th coach of the Mourinho presidency Mourinho took over in 2006 16th coach of presidency they're going through them like water it's just unbelievable but it's um, so you you do wonder how he's he's going to do there yeah Uh, but I think you know you'll probably know the challenges he's facing Um, when when I was watching games in Argentina what I found was like the even the bigger sides like watching Racing and Independiente the, the level is probably like lower level La Liga yeah. so he'd, he'd be coming to a Celta side who wouldn't be a million miles away from his Racing side that won the league yeah. um, and obviously it's very hard to turn down La Liga if you're working in, in South America um, it's a big opportunity to come to Europe to, for him to come back to a club but he's definitely got a job in his hands but there is talk of a man who's also coming in to give him a hand which is Mario Mandzukic. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, again, so this is, uh, what's the day today? So it's the 11th of November. Wednesday. Um, would we actually know about this? Because it would be, I mean, it would be some signing, but quite out of the blue. But yeah. Mandzukic, he's a free agent, so it could happen sooner rather than yeah, later. We could. might not have to wait till January. Yeah, it looks like Celta are using the international break to get business done, like new manager, a new player, possibly Mandzukic, who has an incredible CV with yeah. Bayern, Juve, Atleti. He's 34, but like Aspas is getting on as well. So got, both of them have experience, but as I said, it's the teams then at the bottom with no goals hmm. that are struggling. Yeah. So if you've got Aspas and Mandzukic, and if you've got 10 goals from Mandzukic and 10 from Aspas, yeah. that, that's going to keep you in the division. Yeah. It's as simple as that. Like if you can get Mario Mandzukic in, his wages are probably going to be quite high. Mm. Um, we know that Celta aren't in a great financial position mm. at the moment, but if they can get him in as a free agent and he keeps them up well then it's definitely worth it it's a, it's a no-brainer yeah yeah could happen I, I just think the manager's going to struggle a little bit here based on based on the circumstances by which if you look at you can now look at the way Escriba went and the way that uh, Gar- Garcia's just gone and I think there's a I think there the inherent problems with the with the board there it looks like the he's the, the general director I think you would 
yeah. describe him as Antonio Chavez. He seems to be a bit too close to the, the pitch for mm. a couple of the managers' likings. And he almost did the way that Monchi is at Sevilla, but, but Monchi kind of gets away with it. Yeah. This guy seemed to have a really fraught relationship with Fran Escriba and with Garcia. Garcia said to the, the, the president Mourinho, listen, can you tell this guy to back off a little bit? Um, he, Mourinho supported him. But it seems like the entire board went against Garcia from that moment, and I think it was just, and it was probably just a good time to get rid of the guy because I think a sort of toxic thing was built in there, and it was a bit like the pol- the politics phrase: "It's a good day to bury bad news." It was kind of a good week or a good mm. time to bury bad news. Yeah, get rid of your manager and then try and do a little bit of business over this over this period. But he's going to have that to deal with, and it, it can't That's... be an easy situation to walk into when when you've got a, a director coming in and acting as if he's kind of. It's a nightmare. Yeah. It's a nightmare for every manager. Manchi makes it work because he's able to identify players that the managers want. So he's like Julian Lopetegui. Yeah. What do you need? Yeah. Like, okay, this is your system. I understand your system. Let's target players that are going to fit into this system with yeah. the right personality. What type of personality do you want? Mm. Um, so then they go and they, and they work together. But if you've got a general director coming in and saying, I'm picking the team, what's the manager's role? Yeah. That's you know, it. It, does, it doesn't make any sense. The manager's the one watching the training sessions you run the club do the operations do do everything else but don't come in and try and pick the team as well that's it um, so it, it just doesn't make sense but Monchi works really really close because he's got the, the best interests of the manager yeah. at heart and yeah. he didn't work at Roma because Roma were sacking the manager and they were keeping Monchi and Monchi yeah. said if you sack the manager I'm going so that's how that's how faithful he is, you know. Yeah. Manchi's in that role of sporting director, but like kind of assistant manager as well. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, and and definitely a, a sort of chief scout as well because he's got yeah. the whole thing with France, you know, and he's been able to bring in some just incredible oh. uh, signs from there. So you're yeah, in your head. That's it. His record speaks for itself. So the, the the guy Chavez does not seem to be particularly popular. So we'll see what happens. Best of luck to the guy because you wouldn't want to see Celta going down, but especially not a racing man. The especially not a racing man. Not definitely not. Okay, uh, I, I don't know what to call this section, the assortment of random news section. Uh, <laughs> start off wherever you want. Jovic, you were talking about Jovic, this is a funny one. Yeah, Luka Jovic. Do you remember he went back to Serbia in the middle of quarantine? And he went to a party. Yeah, yeah. went to a party with his girlfriend and there was war in Serbia. The Prime Minister was coming out and everything, probably because he's such an important figure in Serbia. Yeah, yeah. That they definitely weren't happy with his behaviour because he wasn't setting the standards that should be set. And um, this was just, this was just around the time that coronavirus kind of broke. Um, it was sort of mid mid March, so yeah. it was yeah, right right in the thick of it. Yeah, so it's been kind of playing along in the background. And Jovic initially said, "I'm not paying the fine," and then the Serbians were arguing, "Well, if you don't pay, there's a a possible prison sentence here. Like you're gonna get you're gonna get six months." And what's thirty grand to Luka Jovic? Like he probably makes that on the Monday afternoon. Yeah. Um. So. According to Cadena Cope uh, here in Spain, he has agreed to pay that 30000 So he's going to avoid prison and everything's going to be forgotten about. And hopefully he can start scoring goals <laughs> because he's in the news for the wrong reasons yeah. and he hasn't been scoring any goals. That's it. Oh. I think he joined Real Madrid at the wrong time of his career. He was flying in the Bundesliga with Eintracht Frankfurt. You know when you're flying, Real Madrid come calling. You just say yeah. You just say yeah. So it's, it's, it's really, really hard to turn down. But he was... 21 hmm. um, and he was going to join a team to be back up for Benzema so I think if you're 21 you need to be playing yeah very very difficult to get in there and if you're playing 
you're not going to be playing the Clásico. Yeah. You're not going to be playing the big games. You're going to be playing at home to Valladolid yeah. or away to Alaves. Yeah, or maybe like a dead rubber European game or so, something. So you're not going to really improve. Yeah. So half the time you're out on the bench, you're not improving. The other half, you're not really testing yourself against the biggest clubs in Spain. So I think it was it was definitely the wrong time. Yeah. And his market value, not just with COVID, his market value has, has deflated, obviously. So I think the fact that he's young, he's got time on his side, he definitely will get a move. And, and, he, and you'd imagine that he could make it happen somewhere else but playing second string to Benzema is no good yeah especially the system that they play where Benzema is going to be the man yeah he's uh, the man there yeah. for at least for the next couple of years so uh, well, we'll see what happens well hopefully his scoring doesn't uh, doesn't start uh, picking up against Scotland should he play against them because that's the that's the fix <laughs> it's like your next game this is the, is the big one yeah big mm-hmm. one it'll be possibly first time at a major tournament since 1998 oh. so Iron Brew will be flying. Iron Brew will be absolutely flying in the, and various other beverages. Liquids. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> various, uh, various other beverages. Okay, uh, any other random news? I think um, you had one or two other things, do you not? Know? We might have a couple of things. Real Valladolid got a, a win. Their, oh, yeah. Their first brilliant. of the season. That was a, a big win for them because it was, their actually, it was their worst start. We said last week it was their worst start in the history of the club. Um, just three points from eight games, so... Mm. They were, they were bound to eventually get a win but the longer that run goes on the harder everything gets and like everyone's talking about relegation then so you can't really get out of it but they've got their win eventually it's taken them until November yeah um, Villarreal massive win away to Getafe we're always banging on about Alcácer and Jared Moreno yeah and they've done it again yeah um, Getafe so hard to go to but they're just two class strikers uh, Alcácer's goal was brilliant yeah. took it down in the chest and nutmegged the keeper and then did you see Aaron Barry's goal for Getafe it was a oh, screamer yeah. yeah he uh, ball bounced about 25 yards from goal and he just hit it yeah, the volley yeah. Yeah, straight into the top corner um, so we, 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 sorry to inter- we, we were we, we actually we should give BRL more credit for that because we we were making a big thing of it last week saying this is a big test for them if they're wanting to get into Europe and all that and I, I feel like we've, we've maybe got a little bit sidetracked by Real Sociedad and how good they've been but Real are second and it was a big test for them yeah really big test for them and they, they passed it with flying colours so it's uh, yeah again that's another exciting team yeah definitely and with Moreno and Alcacer yeah you know Casorla went but they've really They've recruited really well yeah. with Parejo, um, Kubo, Kubo yeah. Pocalan. They still have Pau Torres in defence. Like he's yeah. been linked with moves away. Um, so like they're looking really, really good. Yeah. Um, and it's it's hard to not get excited by a team winning three one away. Tikatashi. Yeah. That's it. That's a team that deserves credit. Yeah. Um, their European run is really good as well. Um, yeah, and I think that they they will be up there. Um, towards the end of the season like fighting fighting for Europe yeah where where they have been uh, or fifth have, last year they have been yeah, fifth year yeah. Last year, so, and then they haven't made drastic changes like they still have Manu Trigueros in there mm. uh, Albiol Mario Gaspar like decent experienced La Liga players with a bit of spice up front mm, that's it so yep yeah. so again for all the doom and gloom that we had at the beginning of this season about players going off to England for, for games getting cancelled and all that there was a real depressing atmosphere about it I think it's looking really exciting this year really exciting well we're going to have a little break uh, for for a week or, a week or so yeah. with, the, with the international break but we're back with a bang uh-huh. um, in two weeks we've got Atleti against Barcelona not bad and Real Madrid against Villarreal very good excellent. so it's a it's a cracking set of fixtures we have 
to look forward to. Um, Villarreal are at home to Madrid and Atleti are at home to Barca. Uh, that's November the 21st, so that'll, that'll come around soon enough um, after all the international football. Spain play Holland mm. tonight, so we obviously don't know the outcome of that game. By the time you're listening to it, you might know um, Enrique has picked 25 men and they've also got two UEFA Nations League games coming up as well against Switzerland and mm. Germany, so decent opponents for for Spain um, but yeah we'll have more we'll have more to report on in a couple of weeks good bit of practice and if you want any uh, La Roja news any Spanish national team news you know where to find it obviously yeah shameless plug yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay well thank you again for joining us uh, we, we won't be here next week but in, in two weeks time we'll be back with uh, all the usual stuff uh, thanks for being here and we'll see you again soon adios hasta luego